Hello everyone and welcome to the Cocky Top Podcast, a sports podcast from an unlikely pair of fans where we give you the team breakdowns from our individual fandom's perspective, as well as our thoughts on teams across college football. So to all you volunteers and Gamecocks and everyone in between, let's kick off. Welcome back all you pocket balls to the second edition of this week's episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. As always, I am the gamiest of Gamecocks, Brian Lowe, and joined by me, as always, is all of all Tyler McDaniel. T-Mac, what's going on, buddy? Pretty good, pretty good. Ready for some football and to make right what was wronged a year ago. No, there there was no wrongings. There was no wrongings. But, of course, T-Mac is referring to this week, Saturday, September the 30th, 2023. My Gamecocks travel from Columbia, South Carolina, up I-20 to I-26, making their way across parts of North Carolina into the great state of Tennessee, eventually down I-40 to Knoxville, Tennessee, and Neyland Stadium to take on the 21-ranked volunteers this weekend in Neyland Stadium. Definitely excited for this game. Uh, There has been some movement on the line already for this game. It started off where Tennessee uh, began as a 10-point favorite. The line is now, as we speak and are doing this recording, sitting at 12 and a half points on this Monday, September the 25th. Like I said, as we are recording this. And I think uh, one of those because the possibility that juice isn't playing is why I think that that yes, was because the word came out that, that juice Wells is listed as doubtful right now uh, for the game talks star wide receiver from the absolute spanking. And that's probably the only uh, uh, joshing or ribbing that I'm going to do about this game because any game cock in their right mind, uh, uh, fully sane mind would not, outright pick South Carolina as a favorite to win this game just because of what history has dictated between these two programs. Um, But I – just looking at it, I mean, with the way that Tennessee's been playing, uh, we still really don't know exactly what kind of Tennessee team to expect. Uh, South Carolina has already faced off against two top-ranked – or top-25-ranked opponents in this season – and have already played two games on what would be an SEC slate at this point, Uh, this being coming up on number three. Uh, Tennessee having, of course, already played uh, Florida, what would have been a couple weeks ago at this point, uh, and what would be their first. So Tennessee's first, I don't want to say real test, I mean, because they got tested down in Florida, and unfortunately it was a – not the outcome that any Tennessee volunteer fan would have hoped for. No. Um, but we'll we'll just have to see. I mean, I really don't know what to expect after the fact that we had a such a dismal showing in the swamp last year and then welcomed the volunteers to Williams Bryce and had absolutely not only the best game of Spencer Rattler's career but our best game for the entire season in, in all aspects. And, and, and I, I know that 
what this year's offense is supposed to be, according to all the things that have been said and and what we've seen and stuff like that, were were based and built off of what last year's offensive system was. I mean, we can only we can only be eternally optimistic yeah. as Gamecock fans. Yeah. And hoping that that we can have a repeat, uh, but as volunteer fans experienced in Williams Price last year, and and what South Carolina fans are going to to endure in a a night game at Neyland, yes, uh, it is it can one hundred percent be the deciding factor of a game. Uh, and I personally have not been to Neyland at night at any point in time. Uh, one of the only two games that I've been to a volunteer game for, uh, one was a noon kickoff and the other one was a 3.30 kickoff. Um, so I have not fully gotten to experience Neyland at night. And with all the upgrades and, yeah. and everything else and the renewed vigor around the program, uh, uh I can only imagine what type of environment the Gamecocks are going to be walking into this Saturday. It's definitely going to be an interesting one. I mean, there's something about Neyland at night. Uh, even on our down years, there's there's always something about Neyland at night, right there on the river with the lights and, and the city surrounding you. Um, it can make any game great. But, I mean, the real wild thing about this is our, our games over under – is higher than Georgia and Bama's games. Like Georgia's and Auburn's over under is, is less than ours. And so is Bama and Mississippi State. So people are expecting this game to be a, a pretty decently high scoring game, no matter how they're it expecting out. It, it's a shootout. It's yeah. it's expected to be a shootout between Milt and Rattler. With and the defenses, a, especially the secondary and it's gonna be a good shootout to watch. Regardless of where you oh, for sure. fall on the I, on the sides, I, I would I would not be mad at all to see either one of these teams hit fifty plus points. Yeah, and there be over a hundred points scored in this game. Yes, I mean, d- let the defense be throughout the entire game for both teams, and let's just see let's Milton just and Rattler just like the rock all over the place. Doc Holiday, Wyatt Earp style shootout. Just boom, 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 and it's who's back who and is, forth. And it by takes, the end of the clock, who and it is takes either a a special teams miscue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Who 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 falters on the reload? Who drops the the round whenever they're trying to to reload or yeah. or, or just trying to throw out <laughs> euphemisms at the yeah. moment? Yeah, but yeah, who who has the ball as the the final minutes are ticking off the clock, um, uh, in that aspect, or or does it come down to a field goal? Does South Carolina come into Neyland and get the walk off field goal for the win, like Tennessee did over Alabama last year? Yeah, uh, or, or does does Tennessee just come out and and dominate from from the very beginning? Uh. uh after last year and me looking at it and saying, yeah, there's no way that, that South Carolina is going to win this game. I'm just – I am I was just hoping that, that Tennessee – or South Carolina would not let Tennessee completely run away with it. Yeah. And no way did I expect what happened happened. Yeah. 
This year, I think it's going to be a lot closer game. But I don't even know if I want to definitively on this right now pick somebody for this game. Like a winner I, I, for this I, game. I, I think that's fair. I think I think it'd be fair if we if we both left this game out. We'll just leave this one out. We won't yeah. pick this one because I mean, obviously, I'm going to pick Carolina. You would obviously pick Tennessee just because it's our teams. Yeah, it's just so. Yeah, team. I think the the best thing for this one is just going to leave them out. Uh, real quick, uh, so then we can go through and get these other games picked. Not looking for outcome. Not looking for accomplishments or anything like that. No clear winner, throwing all of that out is the same things that you have been looking for in other games, something you want to continue to see come along or happen during this game? Um, like, I want to see you, a much is a better O-line. <laughs> um, I want to see a stronger O-line. I mean, even in our game last week against the Roadrunners, there was too many times where the O-line did not give Milton enough time to make a decision. Um, and these these are, you know, and this is, again, that's another game. The Roadrunners was another game without Cooper there. He's suited up. He looks like this... he's about to jump on, but he's just standing there. And yet again. I yeah, I see him on the sidelines and he's there, but. Exactly. So, like, and if Cooper is not going to play against South Carolina, You've got to work your O line knowing Cooper is not going to play against South Carolina. Because, I mean, and this whole game time thing that Heupel's been doing and keeping it very secretive and like it's just, you know, an upper body problem, you know, which usually means like concussion protocol is what he's been in. I get it. But making it but a game if time decision takes away from what you could be practicing your second and third string center. Because when your second and third string center are not playing uh, or or practicing knowing they're going to play, it shows in the right. game that they didn't practice knowing they were going to play. So we've got to have that O-line. That's, that's something that, that I can concur with South Carolina. I mean, we saw uh, Tyshawn Wanamaker uh, step into the right tackle spot in, or, uh, yeah, the right tackle spot as opposed to Sidney Fugar. And just because last week against Georgia, we had so many false start penalties and they all kept going back to Fugar, who, who was just trying to – he was trying to do too much yeah. and, and got too cerebral with it as opposed to trying to play. But I can definitely understand the, the frustration uh, as a volunteer fan with the fact that you see this guy dressed out and if it's something that, that – warrants him not being able to play or or if he's ha- has been practicing but is not getting back up to that starting thing then then what exactly is going on to cause all these problems and and you know be transparent with the fan base i mean if a guy's hurt he's hurt i think people are going to understand it yeah you're going to have the outlying a-holes that are going to be negative about it offer somebody's job uh, uh, because he, he's not come back as quick. But but the, the thought process is, like, if he's good enough to get dressed and be here on the sideline, then, then why is he not coming into the game at any point in time? And then 
what else are we not seeing behind the scenes that are, are, are causing these coaches to make this type of decision? Yeah. So because our, our, all of our often all but one offensive flag at the Florida game was our center. The center that, and it was just the noise and everything else. Yeah. It's just, it's the noise. It's the, you know, and, and after seeing all those flags and, and, I can't remember if we had maybe one in the Roadrunner game, and I, but I don't think it was on him. I think someone else jumped. Um, but all those flags in the Tennessee-Florida game that were for, like, false start penalties were him. I'm like, dude, that's his backup. If yeah. he's not on the field, that's who you need to be fixing. And This is what we've got to look forward to. Yeah. That's what we got to look forward to. So if we go another game, another massive SEC game, that we need to win against the Gamecocks with Cooper not in, you're going to start seeing us just be like, fine, then he doesn't play. Like we're already halfway through the season almost, and we haven't seen Cooper. In well, yeah, what would be – because he's a season. senior, is so, he not? I mean, yeah, this is his last season. So, yeah. So – So why even? Why even Why even talk about Cooper clearly? I mean – this is something we've talked about in every episode and I've nagged about in every episode because it's only getting more frustrating seeing right. Cooper dressed out and not play a game. At least we're not having to sit there and watch Juice Wells be dressed out on the sideline. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or, exactly. or Case and Henry or or any of the other number of, of, of Carolina players that currently are not playing. Uh, yeah. If – if they're dressed out, they're playing, and this Absolutely. includes a lot of true freshmen on that team. Well, we, of course, can definitely spend a lot more time uh, talking Gamecock and volunteer football. Uh, but for for posterity's sake, uh, we're going to move on. Um, looking at this one, this one is probably going to be one of the better games, at least in my opinion. Uh, and Vegas also seems to think so as well. Current yeah. line setting for this one is – Kentucky is favored by two and a half points uh, over under total at 46 and a half. And that is Florida making their way to the bluegrass state coming out of the swamp and making their way up to Kentucky for a noon kickoff on ESPN this Saturday. Uh, Rapid fire, even though I'm not a huge fan of Kentucky, I'm going to go Kentucky on this one. I think enough at Kroger field is going to be able to happen for the Wildcats to be able to get the victory over Florida and knock them back out of the top 25. Um, as much as I'd hate to say it and have Kentucky back in the top 25, especially how things have been going with rankings for South Carolina for the last several years, I, I, I don't want – can both of them lose? But uh, <laughs> I think I'd have a, a little bit less uh, heartbreak, heartache uh, – with Kentucky being the victor on this one, as opposed yeah. to Florida, who definitely has a lot more opportunity to become more of a superpower in the uh, SEC and just college football in general than what Kentucky does. And I absolutely agree. I'm going to go with Kentucky on this just because uh, a they've you know it's been a much more even game between the two of them in in previous years um, where. One will win, and one the other one will win, and then the other one will win, and the other. So it's been a much more, it's been a much better rivalry to watch between Kentucky and Florida, because uh, it's always a popular game that we watch as a family because we all hate Florida, 
and Kentucky's right. team. So uh, I'm going to go with the Wildcats here. Um, I, I think it's definitely going to be a toss-up, though. I still think that it's going to be a, a bit of a, you know, fighting, uh, bare-tooth knuckle fighting until the, the whistle is blown. The last second, yeah. Yeah, and, and this is uh, one I could see being a, a walk-off field goal. Yes, for the team to win. Yes, yes, I could definitely see that. Um, uh, or Kentucky, you know, Florida is driving down the field to go ahead of Kentucky, and Kentucky picks it off in the, the final minutes. Uh, that's right. certainly something that's happened in the past between the two of them on both sides <laughs> that I've witnessed as a, a semi-Kentucky fan. Uh, so it would not be a shocker that that. If Kentucky wins, it could be in that fashion because they've beaten Florida that way before. So for sure, for sure, so, uh, I definitely want to see Kentucky win. Both of us going with Kentucky on that yes. one again. The line Kentucky favored by two and a half. So definitely looking to be a nail biter or a barn burner in the Bluegrass State. Yeah. Uh, next up, another new kickoff is going to be Texas A&M traveling to Walmart Field. There for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, the Sam Pittman led Arkansas Razorbacks. AM sitting at three and one, one and oh in conference. Arkansas currently sitting at two and two and oh and one in conference. Of course, just having lost to the LSU Tigers. Yeah. Uh, Texas AM having that win over Auburn, which, like I said, I, I feel that they should have, have lost, but the 12th man showed up. 12th man's not going to be with them in Archie Land. Um, uh, this one, Texas A&M, as the away team, is still favored by seven points, with the over/under being at fifty-five and a half. Ugh, this is another one kind of like the way that I called last week's uh, Kentucky Vanderbilt, and that I'm not a huge Kentucky fan, and the fact of the recent series and how Kentucky has been taking Carolina to the woodshed. Yeah. Um, with the exception of this last year since Texas A&M came into the league, uh, South Carolina has been a proverbial whipping post for uh, uh, Texas A&M. Uh, Woo pig suey, give me the yeah. hogs. Uh, I, I want to see them just dismantle Texas A&M, uh, especially before A&M winds up making their way or we make our way to Texas A&M. At some point in time this year, I want to have the twelfth man so deflated by the time the Gamecocks get there that that there's missing posters, missing person posters searching for the twelfth man in, yeah. in the field. Yeah, uh, so I yeah, definitely. Me- I'm going to go Arkansas with this one too. I want to see Arkansas win, uh, and I think uh, coming off their hard fought loss to LSU, uh, I think it's due. I think they're like, okay, I mean. Yeah, it was a rough loss. It was sad to only lose by three to LSU. So now let's 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 beat Texas A and M. Yes, use that. Let's ride that momentous high, and and fix the things we need to fix, increase the things that we did right, and uh, let's see Arkansas uh, beat Texas A and I, I I have never cheered for Texas A and M. So uh, and then, like I said, Arkansas. with the with with the history of South Carolina. Texas A&M, uh, give me the pigs, give me the hogs. Absolutely. Uh, down with A&M. Down with A&M. Now, right. this next one is a 3.30 kickoff. 
a big rivalry, one of the oldest rivalries in college footballs. Uh, appropriately monikered the Deep yes. South's oldest rivalry. Deep South's oldest rivalry, number one Georgia, uh, is actually traveling for once. You know, God forbid they have to play away game. <laughs> Uh, the Georgia is traveling to a Jordan Hare Stadium to face Auburn uh, this Saturday. Uh, the line has got Georgia favored 14 and a half points. That's low. That is low for Georgia. That is a very low favorite for Georgia. Could we see, and like you, talk, you talked about uh, in, in yesterday's episode, there is a computer program that is currently favoring Heavily favoring Auburn Tigers to upset yep. number one Georgia. Reading reading the article, it seems like, like what they are doing is they're taking into consideration not only last year and last year's metrics, mm. but they're also taking into consideration the sample size of the first four games from this year that have already been played and then running all those figures, all those metrics, all those numbers. And there is one that is using that format that currently has Auburn favored to beat Georgia. I love to see it. I think everybody in the SEC would love to see it. I think everybody sitting on the top 25 and just barely ab- below the top 25 would love to see it. Um, now as, I, think, I think it's it's time for that. It, it has everything in the makings to be the upset of the weekend. And I would love does. to see more. Than to see, never really been like a, a War Eagle fan. Like, you know, I've never right. even pretended to be an Auburn fan, but God, I would shout War Eagle if Auburn <laughs> beat Georgia. I wouldn't. I'm a little conflicted just because right now Georgia is the only thing pretty much that is keeping the SEC up there in the top 25. I know. Um, but there's also a part of me, man, that's saying, give me the chaos. Mm-hmm. Give me the chaos in college football this year. Uh, like you said, Georgia sitting at 14 and a half point favorite over the Auburn Tigers. I'm going to say Georgia on this one. I'm picking Georgia just because of history and everything else. Uh, and like I said, because I want uh, uh, the SEC to have some, some lick of dominance, as it were. Uh, maintained, but I would not be surprised in the least if if Auburn didn't come out and, and get the win, um, which is going to be shocking considering they weren't able to do it against Texas A&M this last week. But yeah, um, over-under, uh, like you had mentioned, only set at 47. Um, that is one of the lowest uh, – actually, the lowest – or no, uh, Kentucky, Florida is just a half point lower at 46 and a half. So uh, Kentucky, Florida, and Georgia, Auburn set at the lowest scoring games for the entire weekend slate for the SEC. Um, and Georgia, of course, having the highest uh, betting line uh, on that one with Kentucky being uh, two and a half point favorites and Georgia being 14 and a half point favorites. Um, not either one that I would personally be willing to put any of my own money on, um, but but like I said, just her just her conference supremacy. I'm going to go with Georgia on this one, okay. and you said you're taking Auburn. Yes. Uh, so this will be our one that we we are uh, divided on, uh, apart from of course the obvious one with yeah. South Carolina, Tennessee. Uh, who we got next? 
Well, next is a four o'clock kickoff against the number 23 Missouri Tigers against the unranked Vanderbilt Commodores. Uh, Vanderbilt sitting at two and three uh, and 0 and one in the SEC. And this is Missouri's first conference play. So, which is insane. Again, it's insane that they have went four and O, but not against their conference. Like they've went their first four games before seeing an SEC member. Yeah. And that just goes back to what you and I have, have as Vol fans and Gamecock fans have, have nagged about for years is strength of scheduling. I mean, yes. Georgia is now sitting at number one at four and oh, one and oh in the SEC, but who have they really played? Uh, South Carolina. And they haven't had to travel till this weekend. Missouri, four and oh. Undefeated in in the SEC. Oh, you want to know why? Because they haven't played an SEC opponent right uh, until this weekend. So, and the only thing is not travel for the SEC. Yeah, the only travel that they had quote unquote was go to St. Louis. Yes, that's the only travel still in Missouri. Exactly, still in Missouri. Um. I, you know, I think it would be crazy to think that the the doors could could anchor down and and upset Missouri as much as I would absolutely love to see that. Uh, uh, you know, everything in my right mind is saying you pick Missouri still. As much as I hate, to, I'm not cheering for Missouri. I'm cheering for Vanderbilt. I mean, anchor down, right? Please. But all rights reserved, I have to pick Missouri's winning this game. Um. Uh- one hundred percent. They're only favored by fourteen points, which is, in my opinion, low considering they're facing Vanderbilt. Yes, but sir. I mean, you know, they're still expecting a high-scoring game at the over/under being fifty-six point five. Which I mean, it has the opportunity too because the the you mentioned it in last week's episode. There are very few teams that have very good secondaries to. Yeah. To defend against nope. the long pass, and these big weaknesses able. right now are our secondary. So, yeah, it's it could it could yeah. definitely uh, play out to be an interesting game. But one hundred percent complete agreeance all the way down for the points on this one. I will be cheering for Vanderbilt to win, uh, but as far as if the actual pick, Mizzou. Okay, and the next one, six p.m. kickoff. Uh, you got you got a big game here. You got number thirteen LSU coming off barely beating Arkansas, and Ole Miss number twenty coming off of a loss to Alabama and Tuscaloosa. We're actually going to be in Oxford, though. You know, I'm still going to have to say that I think LSU comes in and and gives them a back to back embarrassment to Kiffin. This still has. SEC West hierarchy implications. Yes. Last week did with uh, Ole Miss and Texas, or uh, uh, Ole Miss and Alabama, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Texas A&M and L- or, or Arkansas and LSU certainly did. Uh, uh, Auburn and Texas A&M 100% did. Uh-huh. Uh, but now you've got this week is definitely going to be the week that is going to show you more of how the West is going to shape up than what the East would. Yeah. Um, just because 
I, yeah, you may find out who's potential number two, number three uh, for the SEC East out of the South Carolina-Tennessee game. Uh, and then you'll probably see who's maybe like third, fourth between the Kentucky-Florida game, so to speak. But yeah. between those two games, I mean, that's really going to, to show you how things are more than likely going to shape up for uh, the Eastern Division. For, for what's going to be this last year uh, of divisions in the SEC. Um, Two-and-a-half-point favorite for LSU. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with you on this one. I think LSU's just got more talent right now than Ole Miss. Yeah. Ole Miss has got some pieces. They just haven't got all the pieces yet. Uh, give me Brian Kelly to go in and and and, and give old Lane Kiffin the, the old bitch slap. Yes. Uh, not not diving into the seven thirty kickoff. Like we said, we're being fair. We're being unbiased. We're not even going to go with that one. But South Carolina comes to Neyland. Uh, that is a seven thirty p.m. kickoff. Uh, Tennessee favored twelve and a half over under sixty two. Like we've said over and over, it has all the the inklings to be a great game, and I, and that's really just. And and I, I'm a Vol fan. Do I want the Vols to be undefeated every year? Everybody wants their team to be undefeated every year. Oh yeah. Guess how impossible that is. Very impossible. Very. Everybody, especially in you the know SEC. who can do that. You know who can win. Everybody can't win a national championship. Only one team can do that every year. <laughs> so, um, but playing playing uh playing into that, the next the night the big night game, the nine o'clock kickoff, um. Poor East Coast people having to stay up and watch this game. Um, number 12, Alabama, taking on in Starkville, Mississippi State. Um, you know, uh, Alabama still favored 14 and a half points. Uh, Which is surprising. Very surprising, especially coming off how bad they've played. Um, I mean, yeah, they did have a fairly good showing against Ole Miss, but yeah. again, I mean, it just doesn't seem like that's the case, or or, or However, should be the case. A little little history lesson for everybody. Um, I, in last week's episode, I said, "When's the last time you saw Alabama sitting at 15? And I'll tell you when. The last time Alabama was sitting in fifteen, like I don't know, ten years ago or something like that. They won a national championship that year. So Alabama's still not counted out by any means. We're making jokes and like making light of the fact that they're not in the top five anymore uh, for the first time in forever, but they are still Alabama. And the last time they were ranked between 12 and 15, they won a natty. So they're still Alabama. They could still Alabama everybody else and and win the, the damn thing again. But you know, and as much as uh, again, I've never really cheered for Mississippi State. I don't. I don't care for the Bulldogs. Um, uh, but by all rights, I, I probably am going to pick Bama to win this one. But I don't think it's going to be a forty-eight point game between the two of them. No, uh, between Alabama's defense and and uh, this one is one that's 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 even tougher for me. Um, just because after having watched how Mississippi State played, yeah, and what they are capable on on offense, 
I think it's going to be a close game between the two, especially with Mississippi State having lost the last two games. They're full-on wounded animal mode. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to pull out the, the win, and I, I will become a, a temporary Mississippi State fan <laughs> and will cheer them on in this game. But I got very quickly reminded this last week that you don't pick against Alabama. In yeah. most cases, in most scenarios, so like you, I'm I'm gonna take Bama to win this one. Yeah, I'm a uh, I'm a learn from our lesson last week, and I'm gonna pick Alabama. Yeah, uh, guys, that actually takes care of the entirety of the SEC slate for this week. Um, we will go back and make sure and get all, all these picks dropped onto the Legend Studios Facebook page, so you can go on and compare. We'll also make sure and get listed out all of our picks and what the finals were from this last week um, on the the Legend Studios Facebook page. Uh, But this week's bonus game is one that actually will be happening on Friday the 29th, so the night of the first uh, part of this week's episode. And that is going to be the number 10 Utah Utes traveling to Oregon State for a Pac-12 matchup. Uh, Utah currently sitting 4-0, 1-0 in Pac-12 standings, uh, and Oregon State 3-1, 0-1 in Pac-12 standings. Oregon State currently is a three-point favorite with the over-under being 45 points for that game. Uh, I do not know exactly where to go with this one. Um if I were to go with correlation and connection, I'd have to go with Utah, uh, former quarterback for South Carolina, Jake Bentley. Uh, wound up going out and playing for the Utes for one season after he left from Carolina. Um, I think that's probably going to be my only correlation, and I will probably pick Utah for this one um, because Oregon State currently has uh, DJU. I'm not going to try to butcher his last name but the Clemson quarterback from the last couple of years after Trevor Lawrence uh, got drafted. Um, so, th- so that ugly orange team from upstate decided to, to part ways with their quarterback. And unfortunately he landed in Oregon, Oregon state playing for the Beavers. So just on that fact alone, give me the Utes, uh, former Gamecock playing against a former, well, former Gamecocks team. He's no longer with the team. Uh, but former Gamecock home versus former Clemson, give me the Cocks. Yeah. Or in this case, give me the Utes over the Beavers. I'm going to go with the Utah, too. Um, subtly a, a Utah fan. I've never disliked the Utes. Um, I've always uh, watched the, them from a distance uh, and just kind of lightly keeping up with them throughout, like, updates and news and who won each weekend and week out uh but but i would like to see uh i would like to see utah pull that one out uh not nothing against oregon state i've never really disliked them either you know i've never really had a reason to um i think they're they're uh i think i think they're a pretty good program they're i'm pretty sure they are the field though that annoys the living piss out of me are they the blue field? As far as the color, no, that's uh, 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 
San Jose State. That's San Jose State. Yeah, I'll never cheer for them. That field annoys the living daylights out of me. I could be wrong. I know who you're talking about, though, where they have the the uniforms that match their field. Yes, it's and ugly. they have the opportunity to like lay down in the end zone and and, and blend completely in. blend in with the with the field. Uh, I'll go back and double check on who that is, but but yeah, I know what you're talking about in that aspect. So, well, guys, uh, that has got our uh, review and preview for this week. Uh, of course, if you are listening now, you would have already hopefully listened to the. Friday's episode of Cocky Top, and you would have caught our reviews from this last week of games that happened on the 23rd of September. And we are definitely looking forward to see what the outcomes of the 30th, uh, this Saturday's slate of games, is going to turn out like. Uh, as always, uh, well, I can't say always because this is just the second week they're doing that we are doing this. Uh, but make sure and check us out on the Legend Studios page. You'll find our picks for this week for these different slates of games and and go ahead and comment on there uh what your picks are for those same slate of games and we'll compare and of course at the end of the season we are going to take the winner from excuse me from those people who are commenting on those posts whoever gets the most right for the entire season and you will be getting of course an awesome tld prize pack that could potentially include depending on who your fandom is for uh, one of your team shirts mm-hmm. or hats or something along those lines. Absolutely. Yeah, we're definitely definitely excited wanting to try to give some stuff away. You just got to make sure that you are keeping up with us and interacting us with us on social media. If you don't happen to do anything like that, you can always email us at tld223 at gmail.com with your picks as well, and we will definitely count those. Well, Tyler, it's been another great week hopefully you are getting to feeling better or are feeling better at this point because i knew you were feeling a little rough earlier in the week and uh well i mean heck we might as well go ahead and say it we're definitely pre-recording this well before uh what this weekend would be and unfortunately tyler is feeling under the weather he's actually recording at home right now we are doing this over uh zoom meetings just to try to make sure that we are not falling off from being you guys uh the cocky top podcast as well as between two barrels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, before we run out of too much time, uh, guys, we definitely want to thank you for joining us uh, every, each and every week. Um, definitely looking forward to hopefully potentially being able to meet some of you guys at some point in time. Yes. Uh, yes. You're more than welcome to always come into the distillery. Like Tyler mentioned before, you may even hear us or see us up here in the loft doing a podcast here at location at, uh, 870 Winfield Dunn Parkway in Sevierville, Tennessee. Uh, so, yeah, just come in, hang out with us, and, and we'll talk some ball. We'll talk whiskey. We'll talk bourbon. We'll talk about <laughs> darn near anything you want to talk about. Uh, uh, we will cut it close or uh, uh, call it quits whenever it gets into politics and stuff like that. But other than Our that, politics, don't we're, we're, we're down to, to talk to you about dang near anything. Absolutely. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. As always, I am the game used of Gamecocks, Mr. Brian Lowe, and join with me is all of all Tyler McDaniel. Tyler, appreciate you, bud. Get to feeling better, and we'll see you on next week's episode.